The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's the author of several books, including Negotiations, Breakthroughs, and Fighting for Love. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel, and she mediates business, employment, divorce, privacy, and other civil cases in her private practice in Laguna Niguel, California. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. She teaches leadership and conflict management courses at Brandman University and here at UCI, and she trains corporate leaders' powerful communication and conflict transformation skills. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about self-mastery, and you know, I am so excited about this book because I have been reading so much about all the types of self-awareness in emotional intelligence, and I've been trying to be more mindful, and being mindful, you have to think about your own self-mastery, so I am just thrilled with this new book. It's called The Self, The Mastery of Self, A Toltec Guide to Freedom, and it's by Don Miguel Ruiz Jr., and we've had him on before. We've had his brother on, and we've also had Don Miguel Sr. on. So uh, it's just fun to have the whole family. They're all really wise and spiritual and wonderful people. Let me tell you, if you didn't get to hear Don Miguel Jr. before, um, I want you to listen to that previous interview. But, but let me tell you a little bit about him. Uh, Miguel Ruiz Jr. is a Toltec Master of Transformation. He is a direct descendant of the Toltecs of the Eagle Knight lineage, and he's son of Don Miguel Ruiz, who is author of the New York Times bestselling uh, book, The Four Agreements, which I love. And he's also the author of the newly released book, the Five Levels of Attachment, which we talked about before, and that was Toltec Wisdom for a Modern World. I love that book. Along with his family, he teaches workshops and offers transformational journeys around the world. You could find out more about him at our website at conflicthealing.com, where you're going to see his picture, his bio. We link to his website, which is Miguel Ruiz. Um, junior.com, that's M-I-G-U-E-L-R-U-I-Z-J-R.com, and um, we're just thrilled to have him join us again. So, Miguel, thank you so much for joining us. 
Well, thank you so much for having me, Mali. It's, it's, it's a pleasure to be back on your show, and it's such an honor. Thank you. Yeah, so let's talk about what is mastery of self? Well, it's, it's basically the becoming aware of oneself, becoming aware of what I control and what I control to the tips of my fingers. I control my perception. I preserve, control the energy that animates this body. You know, there's, there's, there's this image of the story that my father taught us when we were growing up. That imagine yourself in a, in a party and you're the only one sober and everyone is in various degrees uh, inebriation and you know some people are nursing the drink you know they take a sip here and there and they probably leave the party without ever touching more than a few sips and there's people who've hit several bottles and the thing about spirituality and a lot of people who are on their spiritual quest or doing any form of self-help work is that it's usually a, a personal journey a journey of them of oneself and how we begin to let go of all those conditions that subjugated our will. And then we get to a point where we have this aha moment, a moment of clarity, and we find peace within ourselves. You can say that from, from, through all the work, we have this breakthrough, and we enjoy it. And it reminds me of that moment, you know, in the movie The Graduate with Dustin Hoffman, mm. where he is, you know, he's screaming, Elaine, 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 and he, she screams back his name, and they're both looking at each other going, <gasps> they both love each other, and they both, you know, they, they wrestle away from the family, Elaine's family, they go down the stairs, and they're doing everything they can to leave the church, because now they found they finally both embraced love for one another, they <laughs> run away, they run down out, out to the street, get onto the bus, get on the bus, sit in the back, they're both laughing, looking back on what they just did. And then they go in silence and the expression, now what? <laughs> it's the expression we have when we graduate from college or high school or we achieve something, you know, now what? Right. Well, in spirituality and what we do, you know, uh, in the self-work, we get to the point where we have this moment of clarity. And then we ask ourselves, now what? Mm. We don't live isolated in, the, in the, an ashram or up in the hills or in a monastery we're actively participants in the dream of the planet, or you can say, in the world. And we're interacting with people left and right all the time in various degrees. You know, you can say, if we, if we use the, the analogy of the party and, and the intoxication, you can say that if every person we interact with are in different levels of their own attachment. Some of them are mm -hmm. living their authentic self. Some of them are attached to their identity. Some of them are domesticating themselves with that identity, some of them are completely fanatical. Mm -hmm. And so the, thing, the reason why we engage the party is that that's where the family is. That's where the people in our life are. Mom, dad, brother, sister, wife, the people in our life. Right. And we engage them because we love them. So how do we continue this discipline as we engage the world? How do we continue in our process because, you know, there's that image of, you know, enlightenment, the, the key thing to enlightenment is effort. And discipline is just reminding ourselves to apply that effort every day. That's in the heart. The easiest part of reaching enlightenment is reaching enlightenment. The difficult part is staying in enlightenment mm -hmm. in the same way as 
the easiest part of getting into shape is getting in shape. Staying in shape is <laughs> the most difficult because every day is happening. Bills are getting paid, work, sickness, yeah. family, things happen. So how do we stay in our practice, in our aha moment, in our moment of clarity, in that harmony with ourselves as we engage the world? And this is where the mastery of self comes in, becoming aware that I always have a choice, remembering who I am and what I am as I engage the dream of the planet. And people who love me conditionally, people who don't love me conditionally, that love me unconditionally, and the whole drama that goes with the party. So the mastery of self, you know, we can, we can call it this awareness that yes. allows me to co-create with someone else, that I am responsible for my own will, that part of letting go of all those conditions, part of, letting, of doing all this work is to re- recuperate my personal freedom. Well, here's the thing about personal freedom. I'm completely responsible for my will. You see, my will is just the expression of saying yes and no. For every yes I give, I'm going to use the energy that animates this body. You can call it spirit, you can call it soul, you can call it life, intent. Whatever our tradition has taught, taught us it is, we use that intent to animate and move this body. The same energy I use to move my arms, to move my legs, is the same energy I use to create a thought. At the root of every belief I have in my belief system, there is a yes that gives it life. And that's exactly the same energy I use to move my body, to create a thought, and I control it. So to say yes is basically a word that reflects the, a moment of choice, the moment where I've chosen to manifest something with this energy, with this life force, which means no is just as powerful as my yes, because when I say no, it's just a moment that reflects the choice of I am not going to manifest a single thing. My yes and my no, also known as my will. To have free will is to be able to say yes and no with a complete freedom of life, to say yes when I want to say yes and no when I want to say no. That is personal freedom. The ability to have control of my own will, which comes with the responsibility of that choice. Because before that moment, domestication is that system of reward and punishment by which we model the behavior of an individual. If you live up to the expectation, you get the reward. And since we're emotional beings, that feels like acceptance, feels like love, which means when we don't live up to the expectation, we get the punishment, which feels the lack thereof. So part of our domestication is to believe conditions that subjugate our will and that we say yes when we want to say no, and we say no when we want to say yes because the belief controls it. And that's part of that personal journey that we let go of. We let go of those conditions that subjugated us, that made us doubt our own capacity to make a choice and have complete confidence in ourselves. And that becomes the mastery of self. I become a master of this life force that animates this body, that animates this mind, which simply means... I'm a master of myself, which simply means that I love myself unconditionally, that I'm willing to see myself for who I am. And from this point, I'm able to co-create and to engage the people in my life, the, the bonds that I have, the relationships I'm in. It's basically, the, if, I, if I did all this work to heal my own wounds, now I'm going to engage my family, the people I love, and heal the wounds 
that are going to that have divided us for all this time. So, so the first step is really that self mastery to get to know yourself, to be self aware. And you know, I've I've been really reading a lot about how to do that, and been really trying to do that, and ask myself questions like, "What am I feeling?" I think the challenge for people who haven't had a dad like. Miguel Sr. <laughs> to do this with them when they're young because, you know, obviously you're, uh, you know, you were very lucky to to have that as your guide and it comes as a second nature to you and your brother and that's good. I, I think the challenge is that so many of us, and, and I put myself in there but I'm always working on it, is to be... In that moment of understanding and questioning, what are my emotions? What am I feeling? Why am I feeling? Do I have a choice? I have a choice. Do I take Mm -hmm. responsibility for my thoughts, my beliefs, my actions? Am I self-introspective? And I think, you know, everything that you're saying, that obviously if I have mastered myself, then I'm able to go out in the world with my family and I am able to be not only self-aware, but I can be aware of those around me. And that goes. But I think the key element that that, that foundation gets back to, you know, mastery of self. And, you know, what kinds of questions do you ask yourself when let's say there's an emotional thing going on. Let's say you're having, you know, a disagreement with someone or your wife or you're having a challenge with a kid, which we all do. It's normal. We're still human, right? So what kinds of questions do you ask yourself so that you can master yourself and be self-aware so that you can self-manage? Well, that's a great question because it leads us to this point of, Part of being the master of self is the willingness to see ourselves exactly for who we are. You know, like my dad has that expression, help me to change the world. Not the world out there, but the world inside our own mind. And I just have to add something to that expression. I can't change the world pretending to be something I am not. Right. And that is the consequences of, you know, before, one reason why we're not masters of ourselves is that we're pretending to be something we're not. We're masters of an illusion. We're masters of this image by which we domesticate ourselves or love ourselves conditionally by. And one of the things about letting go is basically the willingness to be honest with ourselves. And Mm -hmm. the honesty comes by seeing exactly what triggers us, seeing exactly what we're feeling. For example, emotions. Right. Our emotions are real because we're experiencing them. Right. What may not be real is what's triggering them. Right. What triggering me to react in this way. Mm-hmm. So you can say, you can use an emotion or an emotional body like a car alarm. You know, when we turn on the alarm in a car and every time someone touches it, it goes beep, beep, beep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and sometimes it's there for a long, long time until someone pays attention to it and it can go off for a long, long time or sometimes really short. Right. Well, like a snooze button. But if we become aware of that our emotions are real and we begin to honor our emotions saying to ourselves, this is how I feel. Then right then and there, we're, we're no longer using energy to pretend to be something we're not, which is, you know, that part of denial. That right. we, it, it requires a lot of energy to be a master of denial. 
it because it's constantly trying to live up, believe an image or a belief. And that's the thing about a belief. A belief only exists for as long as you say yes to it. As soon as you change your mind, the belief ceases to exist. That's that's what about that's the thing about belief. They're right. subject to agreement. Well, our emotions are real. Yeah. What may trigger them may not be real, and that's the part we what we question because when our emotions expose a wound or it makes us expose something, a trigger that allows us to have that emotion reaction, it exposes this belief that may be subconsciously been hidden for a while or something that's been just barely on the surface or something that we've if done has become so routine and automatic that we keep saying yes to it without awareness. And that, right. that happens quite a bit. Some some things doesn't have to be so hidden or deep in within us. Some sometimes they're just hidden because it's so routine and so automatic that we forget what we're saying yes to because we're saying it automatically. We lose control of our will. Right. Right. So, if we honor our emotion and just say, all right, this is how I'm feeling, and we honestly answer ourselves, what's triggering my emotional reaction? And since we're not really dealing with anyone, we're dealing with ourselves, we can be as honest as we want. If we're willing to do that. If we're willing exactly. to do that. <laughs> if we're willing. And if we're willing, we will see the truth, and the truth will set us free. Yes, yes. If we look at that trigger, that belief that made us react, then we can see that that, that was a, a learned belief. Uh, it could be the root of our domestication. It was a belief that was rooted in, in mom or dad or culture, or you're supposed to, you know, for example, in the, in the levels of attachment, I used the example of getting attached to being a Chargers fan or a Raiders fan or a, nowadays Los Angeles Rams fan. <laughs> and and the, the culture comes with some conditions that you're supposed to be a good fan if you hate the opposite team. You know, like if you're a Chargers fan and you grew up hating a Raiders fan or vice versa, and you have this emotional reaction when you see that logo of the other team and you feel that anger going, grr, then but you, you really are looking to change that pattern. Then when you have that anger, you, you pause without taking action. You simply say, okay, I'm angry. Why am I angry? Well, because... This for the longest time, I was taught that when I see that logo, I should get angry because they're the enemy. Mm-hmm. And then you, you, you allow yourself to give scrutiny to that. You allow yourself to ask yourself, well, is that really true? Are they really my enemy? Well, I've never met this person before. Okay, if you've never met this person before, they're probably not your enemy. What makes you think that they're the enemy? Well, because they have the raider. Okay, is, are they really my enemy? No, they just happen to be another team that sells jerseys, just like my team is selling jerseys and tickets and things like that. Mm-hmm. And little by little, if you give scrutiny, you realize that uh, they're not my enemy. That was just someone who told me that I should hate someone because it helps sell tickets, because you're emotionally invested in the team. And then little by little, you're like, oh, that's right. Well, yeah. You see, in giving scrutiny to belief, if it doesn't survive your scrutiny, it's not real. Yeah. It was not truth. And at that moment, you, can, you have a choice to either continue to believe it or to let it go. But the beautiful thing about that in this particular example is that up until that point, you saw someone walking with that symbol, and that person wasn't, wasn't a human being. It was just the personification of an idea that you didn't agree with. 
But the more you give scrutiny to that belief, the more the human begins to show up. And you see someone as a human being. And when we, when we see someone as a human being, the least likely we are to violate them or disrespect them. Yes. We, we're actually it's, we're in our tendency to respect another. What, make, what allows us to disrespect another individual is to see them less and less as a human being. Right, and that's what we see with countries that, you know, that are hating each other, right? We see them in yeah, that exactly. way, and, and that's, that's really the root of, of all this pain and suffering with people hating each other for they're seeing them as a group and not looking at them. I think, but again, it gets back to, like, be the change we want to see in the world, right? That, that like yeah. your dad was saying, it's like, if we want peace, we have to be peaceful. If we want to have changes in the world, we have to be the change that we want to see. And we have to do that self-inquiry. I think that's what's not happening. Um, when you think about young people, and, and no one's learning this in school, which is so frustrating, you know, um, we're, we're looking outside of ourselves always. And they're not teaching in the schools and parents are not taught and they don't know how to teach about that self-inquiry. What about this? I have a question, though. You know, you were talking about if you ask the question and you say, is this real or, you know, what's really going on? If you if you have a feeling and emotion about something and you want to get back to the root of it, what about if it's really unconscious? Does that matter if it's unconscious and you can't get back to the to the original thought about what caused that original emotion? Well, that's the nice. That's that's the most interesting thing about the mind. The mind is such a shapeshifter that you know you can chase your tail and go on forever because it can morph and morph and morph and morph. And the re- and like you, we were said before, is the desire to be completely honest. That's the requirement. Like, if do I really see something? Do I really find it? And you can say that's what most people do when they go visit their psychologist or, or therapist. You know, they're they're basically le- letting go of each uh, layer of the onion. You can say, mm-hmm. and begin, you can say we begin to let go of all the distortions, all the filters we've ever put on it, because we've protected it. Because sometimes it's subconscious, because that's where we could protect it, right? Or we right. Or forget. But once we have a moment of clarity, and that's the thing, what we're doing, when, and when we're looking into that that emotion, when the emotion allows us to see that wound or that belief giving a scrutiny allows us to go through that and it leads us to a moment of clarity. And in that moment of clarity, we have a choice. You see, a moment of clarity without any action is just a thought that passes in the wind. It's just something that I said, well, now I'm going to continue to believe something and it doesn't happen, nothing happens, so it's just a thought. But if I allow that moment of clarity to be, and take action from that moment of that new awareness, then that moment becomes a pivotal moment in our life. It's a moment where I've decided to change direction and what I want in life. So that's why emotions are such a wonderful instrument, because an emotion can expose something so well hidden within our subconscious mm-hmm. that when it's triggered, it's, it's exposed. And yes. it's a, that's why I say it's an opportunity. It's, it's an instrument of transformation, right. our emotions, because they're real. Our emotions are real. 
Yeah, we're not there. It's not like uh, we we have a choice. It'll come up automatically, and then it's what we do with it, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, honoring our emotions is saying, right? This is what I feel. This is how I'm feeling right now. Mm -hmm. It's the thing that says I'm not pretending to be something I'm not. I allow it to happen, and it flows. And and that's the thing. It's like when 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 you say be the change you want to be is because we are become aware of one great thing is that. I only am responsible to the tips of my fingers because it's the only thing I am able to control. Right. I can't control the other 7 billion human beings that live life. I don't control you. I don't control the way you perceive me. I don't pre- control the way you see the world. You know, for example, right now I'm saying my words and I'm both right and wrong at the same time. I'm right to the people who agree with me. And I am wrong to the people who disagree with me, but I'm still saying the word, which means my responsibility is to say what, I, what I'm saying with clarity and integrity. Mm-hmm. But with that mutual respect of understanding that if you, if, if you imagine you're standing in front of me and you put your index finger next to mine and we're looking each other's eyes, I'm only responsible to the tips of my fingers, but you are responsible to the tips of yours. Right. When I see you, I see my equal, another living being that's living life the best they can at this very moment who has the same complete freedom to go in any direction in life. We're all the, that, that infinite possibility because we are alive and we come together. Anything is possible because we both can choose to engage one another. We can both decide to have a bond that unites us but even within that bond, we can create the dream of us. And that creation is, is our co-creation, is mutual. And what I say by that, what I mean by that is that you, unlike everyone else who's listening, control your body, control your mind. You give life to your body, you give life to your mind. And nobody controls it but you, which is the same with me. Right. Without mutual ability, we respect with one another. I, to respect you is to respect your no. Your no means no, which is wonderful when you say yes. Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. That, the only thing that will exist between us is what we both say yes to. In fact, this bond that unites us only exists because we both say yes. If one of us changes our mind and says no, that bond ceases to exist, which means this bond, the bonds we have in our life only exist because we both say yes. And in those relationships, the only thing that will exist are the things we both say yes to. If you say no to something or I say no to something, it will not be a part of this relationship. It will not be a part of this friendship. It won't be a part of this bond, which means that I am the constant co-creator with everyone I meet. I am the constant in every relationship. And I only control to the tips of my own fingers. Which means that I can only give what I have. If I have conditional love for myself, then I've got nothing but conditional love to give to everyone in my life. But if I begin to have harmony with myself, then that's where that peace that we want to see starts with me. Right. I create harmony within me. I begin to let go of the conditions and the the things that subjugated my being with conditional love, and I let go of that, and I forgive myself for all that, well, that experience allows me to share that with everyone, to share it with you and to forgive you if you've ever 
try to disrespect me, but at the same time I ask for your forgiveness for using your words to go against me to see you. Just as I'm able to see myself the way I am, I'm able to see you without a projected mask. Right, right. And that allows me to create with peace with someone because it, it, just as I am, allow myself to see the humanity in me, it allows me to see the humanity in you. It's like saying I can only, the only way for me to say namaste to someone else is to learn to say namaste to myself. Right. And once I learn to say namaste to me, well, when I say namaste to you, it comes from, from that experience. Beautiful. That, that union. Well, we are. this is a perfect way to end namaste. <laughs> the, <laughs> that's perfect. We are just, I could go on for hours with you, Miguel. I love you. You're just wonderful. So I just want to oh, make sure you. everybody hears the name of this wonderful book that's coming out just in a, in a couple weeks, May 23rd. So um, the name of it is The Mastery of Self, A Toltec Guide to Freedom. And you can find out more about Don Miguel at his website at, what is your website? MiguelRichJr.com. Yes, yes. And we thank you so much for joining us. We'll have you back again and keep up the great work of sharing all these beautiful Toltec teachings and the guide to freedom. Thank you so much, Miguel. Oh, pleasure, Betty. Thank you so much for everything, and I appreciate the opportunity. And big hugs to you with all my gratitude. And okay, love. me too. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. Some people die for love, and I believe it's true because I do the same for you. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.